What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Today, we're going to talk about the S&P 500 and how the underlying new pandemic, Illness 19, uh, is changing the estimates of earnings for the S&P 500, why that change in valuation and intrinsic value is leading to a decline in markets, um, and how I think about valuing the broader U.S. stock market as a whole. I think this is the question. This is the number I'm looking at to gauge what the impact is um, of this Illness 19 outbreak on the global economy. The S&P 500, I think, is one of the most coolest things ever created in capitalism, a market cap-weighted system of the 500 largest U.S. companies. Um, It turns into this amazing index that is like probably the best barometer of health of the world and especially U.S. economy uh, that exists right now. Um, It's way basically like the Dow Jones 30, which is weighted by price. The S&P is basically a newer, better version of that, um, the the barometer of the overall stock market. And so that's what I've been using to track the impact of this uh, sort of virus and outbreak. As you can see, the the S&P is down almost 30% this year um, from way over 3,000 to about 2,237 as I make this episode, um, 30% down year. Um, But that's not usually the case. If you take a look back at the historicals of the S&P 500, this traditionally has been um, one of the best assets of all time. I call it like the greatest invention in all of capitalism. It's where Warren Buffett says you should put your money if you're not actively investing. It outperforms 9 out of 10 uh, active fund managers. Um, I told my mom to fire her financial advisor and put all her money in the S&P 500 um, because it's just a beautiful system. On average, returns 7 to 8% per year. Um, it automatically drops off companies that are falling out, adds new companies as they come in. Um, it's just this super sturdy um, sort of asset that is a this amalgamation of all the world's largest companies. If you take a look um, at the S&P 500 companies right now, just to give you a flavor of who they are, um, uh, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Berkshire, Alphabet, Johnson & Johnson, JP Morgan, Procter & Gamble, Visa, Verizon, AT&T, a mix of huge old companies. Uh, A lot of tech companies come to the top of the list. Now the technology is emerging as a bigger and bigger piece of our economy. So if you own the S&P 500, you're naturally getting exposure to that shift in how value is created um, in the US. So I think it's such an amazing uh, system and just a piece of technology. But anyway, the S&P 500 down almost 30% this year. It's crashing. And it's not just that the price is going down as well. The fundamentals, the actual earnings of the S&P 500, which we can look at, it's hard to get data on, but I'm going to show you the best data we have um, to see what is actually going on. We can basically analyze the S&P 500, which is basically the global economy as one stock. And I think that's such a fascinating way to think about the sort of change in intrinsic value of humanity from this virus epidemic. So This is Yardini. He puts out this PDF that I just found by Googling S&P operating earnings estimates. If you have a better tool for this, please let me know because they only include earnings estimates for two weeks. Um, But anyway, this is a really cool tool that basically shows you the annual consensus earnings estimates for the S&P 500, EBIT, operating earnings per share, my favorite earnings metric. So of course I'm biased to this. Um, But as you can see, 2019, um, that's that red line. And as you can see, it sort of evens out as the year comes to a close and those estimates have been finalized. 2020 estimates, as you can see, dropping off of a cliff. more and more recently um, in 2021 estimates, those are pretty far out, still dropping as well. But the point is, I wanted to zoom in on this data. I've been following this PDF for about a month now, taking down each of his weekly consensus analyst estimates for S&P 500 earnings. Here they are starting on February 20th. Um, and, And this is I want to keep in mind, I don't know where he's getting this data, but it's the analyst consensus estimates for earnings for the S&P 500. I think this is extremely lagging because who knows how fast these analysts are rewriting their models? Who knows how fast those analyst updates are getting into the system? So this is a super lagging indicator of all the economic data that's happening probably by a week or two. So I think that's very important to keep in mind. But because this is going on long enough, we're starting to see how this trend is impacting the earnings estimates for the S&P 500. And I've, I've been waiting to make this video, but I finally have enough data now to where I think um, we can start looking into what's happening here. So 
for the past five weeks, here are the estimates flying from 175.7, um, estimating for earnings for 2020 of the index, all the way down to 168.6 as of this week. As you can see, those drops getting bigger and bigger and bigger, more than doubling basically every week. Um, so that's what it was, the analyst consensus as of March 19th. If I put zero as the as the lowest part of the y-axis here, you can see the drop doesn't look quite as bad, but here I'm overlaying the $163 of operating earnings that came in 2019, just so you can see the amount of growth that has been expected in the global economy is just vanishing. And I expect earnings to contract significantly, although here it's still showing a little bit of growth. As you can see, um, this is, I just put the February 20th, March 19th. So you can see how much that growth has been cut in half. If we just zoom in on the percentage growth rate, I think this does it justice. Just a month ago, the analysts were expecting seven to 8% growth for the S&P 500 earnings um, in 2020. Now that uh, growth rate has been slashed to 3.4% cut in half, but I think that 3.4% is lagging. My guess is it's 2020 earnings will fall at least 10%, probably 20, 30, 40, 50%. Actually, I do have an estimate that we're going to get to later. But now let's figure out how these earnings number tie into the price of the market and start to get a valuation to see if this thing is fairly priced. Has it fallen enough? Is this 30% move enough, you know, pricing in this massive earnings write down? Let's check it out. So this is how I would think about valuing the S&P 500. Today's closing price about 2,237 divided by that 168.6, um, which is going to be the EBIT estimates as of uh, March 19th, according to Yardini. So if we just take the price, closing price today, by the latest analyst estimates I have, the, the price EBIT ratio of the S&P 500 today for 2020 is just 13.3. But once again, I think these EBIT estimates have a long way to go down um, before they're actually accurate. So, but even that, not super cheap. Then let's take a look at what I actually am estimating for earnings for the S&P 500. This is a super rough estimate. I have no idea, like there's not much uh, formula behind this, but just my gut tells me and in, in like studying what happens in earnings for the S&P 500 in similar recessions, um, I just found, I don't know, I guess, $100 in earnings for the S&P 500. Um, that would be like a 50% down move uh, or maybe a little bit less, maybe like 40% down from 2019. But that's just what I think is happening. We haven't even seen Q1 come out, so it's super hard to put, put, push this number. But I think so many companies are going under. I wouldn't even be surprised to see the S&P lose money. But the point is these earnings are like going from 175 to 168 is literally just like the tip of the iceberg. I think we're literally going down to 100. And just to, to show you the sort of mental framing about how I think about all this, 2,237 divided by 100, looking at 22.4 price EBIT ratio based on estimates. So now if you actually think about the, what the accurate earnings could be, even though we've fallen 30% on the index, we still don't look cheap. We're still at 22.4. And so that to me is where, um, you know, I don't know. I, I still think this the, the market could still have a long way to fall and why I personally have not deployed a significant amount of my capital because I think that what people don't realize is unlike a lot of recessions that just happen in this bubble of Wall Street and sort of academia, um, I think this financial crisis is like a real, real crisis of like literally the global economy is shutting down for months. We don't know how many. I mean, that is a real hit to the value production of society. And that is why the financial markets are crashing because they're pricing in that value destruction. Now, the question is how much value is getting destroyed and how much are we pricing in and how do you play that delta? Anyway, just as a thought exercise, let's just say the S&P 500 crashes to 1500, which would be like another 33% down move, even lower, another huge bloodbath. Even in that scenario, with my 2020 EBIT estimates of 100, you're getting to a price EBIT ratio of 15, still not super cheap. And so my point here is that I could see the S&P 500 falling another 20, 30%, and it's still not getting crazy. But then you have to think about, you know, this is where financial markets and this whole theory gets very, very complicated because it's like, well, earnings are only getting hit for this year. How fast do they bounce back? Are we going to go right back to 160, 170 EBIT earnings on the S&P 500? Because if so, 1500 is going to look extremely cheap because that'll be nine times forward. 
But if it takes a long time and years for us to recover and go from 100 to 120 to 140, then maybe 1,500, 2,000 doesn't seem ridiculous as the bottom. So I don't know. There's a million different ways this could go, but I kind of wanted to just do this exercise to show you how I'm thinking about valuing uh, the global economy and S&P 500 right now. The last little layer I want to add to this is my personal back and napkin rule of thumb of is the stock market, you know, the stock market doesn't exist in itself. It's part of this broader financial system. I can deploy my assets into the stock market, which let's call the S&P 500 the stock market market, which is something that right now, according to my estimates, let's say has about a 22.4 price EBIT ratio. Okay, let's do some math. One divided by 20, uh, one divided by 22.4 is about 4.4% earnings yield. So, or 4.5% earnings yield. So you're getting about a 4.5% annual increase in your value in theory, if you buy the S&P 500, just based on that increasing earnings. This is kind of a loose theory, so stick with me. Um, and I think those earnings, you know, you're pricing in about a decade of earnings, let's say. So for a comparable yield that you could get from government securities, probably, you know, a little bit more secure than the broader index of companies in the world, but I don't know, US government versus market cap weighted every single company in the world, I think it's pretty even. But the point is you invest in the US government, you give them your capital, the 10-year treasury right now is a little over 1%. So you could get a 4.5% earnings yield in the S&P 500, or you could get just 1% if you actually buy treasuries. You could say it's a little riskier. So, but I still think that inverse, you know, if this was a 6% I'm getting in treasuries and the S&P is only at a 4.5% yield, then S&P looks way overvalued. This is ridiculous. It should be trading at 10 PE. But because the government has been doing so much stimulus because the Fed has been cutting rates, the alternative places for you to put your capital are so limited that the S&P 500 at a higher earnings multiple actually even looks more attractive. And so this is the lever you have a financial policy in the Fed trying to say, let's lower rates to, to sort of counteract this earnings hit. Um, and in that perspective, you know, even a 2% earnings yield doesn't look ridiculous because it's still double what you'd be getting in treasuries, yet a 2% earnings yield, one over 50, that's a 50 times price EBIT ratio for the S&P 500, which would justify like a triple. And so this is where monetary policy and interest rates start to get really weird. If we go negative interest rate policy, my back of the napkin math formula breaks and it says the S&P 500 should have an infinite PE ratio, which... I don't know. That's a head scratcher, which I'll leave you on to end this video. But anyway, this is hyperchange. To sum it up, the S&P 500 has rapidly contracting earnings um, that I believe could fall much more than the 30% that we've fallen this year. That could justify even more downside in the market. But who knows? And you know, does that even matter? How fast are these earnings going to bounce back? Um, these are all the sort of scenarios that I'm pricing in my head to try and figure out whether we're undervalued or overvalued um, as an economy as a whole um, for now. But anyway, huge shout out to our Patreon supporters, producers, fun in the channel. Let me know you think in the comments with, below would love to know all of your theories about how to buy the stock market macroeconomic what earnings estimates for the s p are going to be um, please leave it below i'll see y'all next time peace